Hi, I'm Dan. I'm here with my good friend, colleague and all-round NFL aficionado G. And this is episode one of the all-new Wrong Football NFL podcast. We're back, baby! Well, thanks for thanks for uh, joining us this week. We're, uh, we're back. It's it's been two and a bit years since we last podcast. It was it was uh, it was it was two thousand and eighteen, G. February two thousand eighteen when we when we uh, we last last recorded together. Blimey! I mean, it's um, I mean, it's a slight lie because we did a quick test last week. But yeah, it's oh, amazing okay. how quickly right. two years disappear um, when you're know. not paying attention. It's it's kind of scary. We've had um, two seasons where I failed to win the picks competition on my own blog, um, <laughs> upstaged by your um, dad's picking. I mean, oh, yeah, I was going to say to, to be fair, so have I. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I need to get my crown back this year, but I need to find some time to go into my spreadsheets, and just has not happened. But we'll get back to that in a bit, I'm sure. But yeah, football podcasting, you got the itch back. Tell us all about I it, did, Dan. I did. Yes, yeah, so I've been obviously locked out. This is a, this is a strange time, as we'll get onto in a uh, in a little bit. But uh, yeah, this is a this is a weird time, and it's 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 had me listening to a lot of podcasts while I've been working, and uh, while I've been listening to these podcasts, I've sort of thought. Do you know what? It'd be nice to do one again, wouldn't it? I thought. I thought about it. I thought, how can we uh, make it a little uh, less laborious? And uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah, here basically, we are. I've got to not grind you into the dust with um, production duties. Although this was always your baby. I know. Well, there's going to be people obviously listening to this who probably haven't listened to our, our podcast before, don't know us, don't know who we are. So, first of all, go on then, G. Uh, tell any new listeners about yourself and, and your journey into football and, and where we are today. Okay, so my name is G, and I am a um, football obsessive. Um, I guess it starts back way back in the 80s, where for a lot of people in the UK, the Chicago Bears, the great 85 team, were so big that they actually made it over. Over here, we were aware of William the Fridge Perry, and there was sort of like a mid 80s surge of interest in the NFL over here. And I was just old enough in the um, in primary school to be interested. And my parents, being my parents, um, bought me a book and allowed me to continue and sort of fed that interest as I was, you know, fascinated by helmets and all this weirdness. And um, <laughs> gently encouraged and then because it was becoming a moment over here we got some highlight shows on terrestrial tv and and monday night football and i basically learned how to program the um, um vhs player and taped all that i could watched that i could the first year season that i followed properly the cincinnati bengals went to the super bowl and lost to the san francisco 49ers and little was i to know that that was going to be as good as it was going to get for being a um bengals fan whilst i was watching but that's why i picked my team <laughs> they had a left handed quarterback and a sort of left-handed offense which was different they played in a place called the jungle and they had these cool um tiger stripe helmets and so they became my team and that is how i became a football obsessive and it continued or was reborn almost um when the internet really took hold and i got the ability to follow again because we lost it we lost terrestrial television and it dipped while i was still playing the madden games but yeah Going back to uni and having the internet and being able to read on every week and following players like Willie Anderson and Corey Dillon and Carson Palmer sort of reignited my interest and then that just 
followed on through to Game Pass and obsessiveness. And <laughs> then I decided um, it's kind of scary because, you know, we've done six seasons. OK, it's been two seasons since we did the podcast, but it's been six seasons of the wrong football in yeah. existence. And this all started as me beginning to get, believe it or not, more serious about my fiction writing. And that idea was to start a blog um, to give me practice at finding time to write and give me a nice structure to sit on because I was a fan anyway and I listened to a lot of um, sports um, I actually listened probably to more sport podcasts than I read but it got me the idea of blogging and finding writing time and so I did that initially and that's kept on going whilst the books have turned up but it became a thing and then one of the early formats I was sort of hanging my hat on was running a picking competition and who do I know who's a football obsessive who I could persuade to pick games with me in a friendly competition <laughs> my friend Dan and then after a couple of years you came to me and said do you know what I think we could do a podcast. Over to you. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, so we we did a podcast. We were doing a podcast for it was about two and a half, two and a half, three seasons, wasn't it? That we, two uh, and we, a half we seasons, running, yeah, yeah. That we that we ran that. It was uh, it was good good fun, and, and also we're back. Well, so I'll, I'll introduce myself, I suppose. I'm I'm Dan. Uh, I'm a uh, Miami Dolphins fan. Uh, do apologise. Uh, is <laughs> I've been. I think I think this is. I think I was trying to think the other day, but I think this is my twentieth season actually properly following football um I, I i got into football into i started playing sort of the madden games years and years and years ago my dad had uh, had a, an old madden game on on the game boy of all things um years ago and i i did not know there was a madden game on the game boy tell me more tell me more well, i remember i remember playing it but i also remember playing it and thinking i don't know what the bloody hell was going on here i was also i think i must have been about eight or nine and I was playing this game, didn't know what was happening. Still, still, you know, still was 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 playing it and enjoying it and what was doing. The Dolphins were quite a good team on there, so I used to always pick the Dolphins. And when it came to uh, to actually me, me thinking, actually, I want I want to actually get into this. When I was well, must have been about about fourteen, thirteen, fourteen. I, I, I sort of thought I'd, I watched it, watched the game. I thought I really want to get into this, so I started sort of following the, the Miami Dolphins and. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Really, really sort of enjoyed uh, enjoyed what I was watching. Enjoyed getting into it. Enjoyed learning about the, the dolphins and the history. Uh, and yeah, got to got to a point where I was I was I went to university. I played for a couple of years at uh, at my university. I was a fullback. Uh, just I didn't play, didn't play all that much. I was more on the kick receiving team than I was. Uh, uh, playing fullback, but uh, you know, special teams are important, man. You know, you exactly. know my thing. Three phases of football. Are. Special teams are vital. Exactly. So I played that for a couple of years, uh, and then yeah, after uni, carried on, carried on following it, and and G has quite nicely summed up how we how we uh, sort of got together and, and started started podcasting. So here we are, we're back, and we've obviously got the blog as well. Like you like you mentioned, the wrongfootball.com um, is 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 your baby, G, isn't it? That's your uh, I don't know. I was going to say pride and joy, but that feels a bit uh, bit bit strong, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I'm not sure I go that far, but it, it is the source of where I get to write regularly. Um, I tend to keep it towards the football season just because it can be quite demanding and I do yeah. you know, write fiction books. Yeah, so I'm proud of it. I'm very happy that um, you've both blogged on it as well as, as coming mm-hmm. in on the podcast. We've had guest blogs from um, your dad as well. And I, I think it's pretty good. And as for the podcast, obviously, it's a bit of a change of format. We're not going to be quite as as formal as we perhaps were before. Maybe maybe a little bit more fun. A little bit. Am more I loose, still allowed so to sing? Because I, I will yeah. confess that ten minutes <laughs> into recording, I already nearly launched into the Miami Dolphins song it's, for you. It's encouraged, G. Feel feel free. <laughs> 
Right, let's have a look at some of the uh, some of the news from the off season. We're obviously we're in we're in May now. We're uh, it's 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 very strange times. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, obviously we're in we're in coronavirus times in uh, 2020. Uh, there's a lot of uh, everywhere's everywhere's locked down. Um, it's going to be a bit of a strange one to get things going. I know there's they're a little looser, I think, in terms of the lockdown over in America. But do you think do you think things are going to go ahead, Jay? Do you what do you think? There's obviously got to be some changes, isn't there? I think, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. And the reason I'm not entirely sure is that um, we've got football starting over here. They're playing baseball in Korea. I believe they're starting the K-League football. But when I'm talking football, I'm talking, you know, international football or soccer, as the Americans would call it. But <laughs> The wrong the, football. Indeed, the wrong football. <laughs> but, but, football. But, but from which perspective are we talking about the wrong football? Um, <laughs> Good point. It's a, it's a name that keeps on giving. I am proud of it. But um, the thing that I think is going to be tricky about the NFL is the sheer logistics because in a basketball team, you've got 12 players and a coaching staff to look after. Um, okay, you've got 24 players, but you know there's 11 and a few subs in football. There are 50 players on the roster. There are 46 active on, um, on game day. You've got all the logistics of putting on that game and you've got an American response to the situation which has been patchy and debatable to say the least now you know we're in the UK and our government hasn't exactly covered itself in glory either Um, so I think it's likely to go ahead because the NFL just has so much money and there is a real appetite for sport in the states because um, of everything being shut down but I wouldn't be surprised if it started late or if they lost games because you just feel they're already unlocking some states and you just feel there's at least a second yeah. wave coming before before the summer even hits, never mind next winter. And it, a lot of it depends on if we get a successful drug regimen or if we get a vaccine. And I'm not going to be tend to be you know like an epidemiologist yeah. or an expert or anything, no, no. but um, it just feels that you can do a more contained um, uh, sort of like quarantine where you section off everybody and keep them kept away from the general populace and that feels Mm. controllable for a lot of other sports it's going to be tricky for the nfl but if you look at it they insisted on doing the draft okay they stopped you know the workouts and stuff but they it seems like full steam ahead they've already appointed um like coordinators for um uh uh, like uh, covid response coordinators if people do do come up with um, positive results and they're trying to put things in place so it wouldn't surprise me if it would happen I'm not entirely sure it's going to run along the same schedule and it's going to be a strange league and I cannot see it happening in front of crowds no, I tend to agree, and that, that's exactly what I was kind of thinking. I, I don't know about you if you watched any of the the Bundesliga um, German football kicked off this weekend, um, and it was that was that was behind closed doors. There was obviously no uh, no crowds there, and it's very strange to watch. I just I just think American football would be even stranger. I just I, I personally I think it'll it'll I don't know if it'll kill the game, but it, it's it's going to be. A, I don't think it'll be half as appealing to watch. I hear what you're saying, but it's also, let's be honest and be polite about our brethren, but basically at football you have chance of defence or you have quiet for the home team because you don't want to interrupt the offence. It's not like for quite the same carnival spectacle no. that you have when, you know, you have the wall of yellow, yellow at Borussia Dortmund or whatever and the great, you know, song contests that can break out when they're not just doing glory, glory, Man United. Uh, there are variable, <laughs> you know, it's not like all clubs have have a fine tradition of song singing, but it is, it is a different thing to the American thing. What the Americans do do, though, is package it well. And yeah, it's going to be... 
you know, there's there's not going to be like the razzmatazz of the you know the military parades and the and the cheerleaders and the cheer squads because it's not always. It's just it's going to be a different spectacle, and you do wonder if they're going to play that or that's affects how they're going to shoot it in terms of are they going to try and do virtual crowds, virtual things? Are they try going to shift stadiums even? You know, because it might be more practical to put it. Maybe, you know, in yeah. a you know in a in a in like almost in a practice facility with you know remote cameras that they've just got set up that they don't have to man or man minimally and you shoot it you know closer and not open up the stadium which there's got to be you know more people involved and i think there's a lot of logistics to work out and honestly what we know at the moment is mostly speculation there is very little that anybody knows because the thing that's making decisions here and i'm stealing this from fauci in the states because i heard him talking to peter king on the podcast recently it's not us who's making the decisions it's the virus yeah and just very quickly before we, we sort of move on from the from the, the weird times that, that, we're, that we're currently in it was the right decision, wasn't it, to cancel the international series? I oh, think. without without question. And the NFL has been very committed. You only have to look at the fact that they opened up like an NFL pathway to the league. It's it's sad that in their first sort of year of running it, you've got college of seventeen and eighteen year olds who are training in American football as part of their studies, with the idea being they will be able to go to college, and you know theoretically, you know maybe even make it to the NFL. And, and so the, the NFL are clearly um, committed to the international market. So looking at Mexico. They're building over here, but yeah, there was no other decision. I think you just, with international travel and and, and what's going on, I, even if we get a vaccine, it's not going to be ready in time for the for, 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 for the autumn, on the scale yeah. that enables like mass flights. I could be wrong. I'd no, be no. delighted to prove wrong, but I'm highly sceptical <laughs> of that. So yeah, it absolutely feels like the right decision. Well, for the rest of the podcast, let's 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 pretend that we're in in normal times and things are going ahead and there's no there's no issues and, and the season's going to be as it as it as it should be we shall um, try but you know obviously yeah. it's going to crop up in, in some of the topics but we'll <laughs> go for it let's go so um the next thing we're going to uh, gonna have a look at is the the, the the quarterback roundabout there's always there's always a bit of a roundabout of, uh, of sort of players every every year but uh this year there's, there's some big moves in the quarterback market most notably i suppose the one that everyone will, will think of and i suppose this will we'll mention this again a bit later but tom brady gone to, gone to tampa bay yeah, I mean, there's been so many that you've done the little rundown for, for, for our notes and you've not even included one of the big ones that I thought thought we were discussing. So I'll, I'll bring him up in a moment. But yes, yeah, <laughs> um, I'll quiz you. I'll get my revenge for once. Um, but but um, yeah, no, the, the big talking point um, in terms of player movement was obviously always going to be um, Tom Brady. The moment it looked like he might not come back to New England. And sure enough, mm. he hasn't. And he's made his choice and he's heading down to Tampa to be um, Tampa Brady or whatever he's trying to. <laughs> TB and yeah. TB. And uh, your one one that's, I suppose, probably quite close to your heart, um, Andy Dalton went to, uh, to to the Cowboys, which... It was a was a strange move, but I suppose given the the potential Prescott holdout, it's a bit of a. I, I kind of, it sort of, sort of makes a little sense. It makes a little sense. I'm slightly surprised that one or two teams who needed a quarterback didn't make a move for him. I I'm slightly surprised that there wasn't a trade available because it, it's kind of been a strange off season because there's been never as it felt like there's been so many named quarterbacks on the market and teams who need them and you kept hearing I mean you know I heard repeated people talk about what would be a good idea for um, Chicago Bears to go out and get him Um, obviously with Tom Brady moving out of New England New England was a landing spot Um, and it feels like with the whole Dallas thing I think a lot of it gets is getting overblown they've not come to 
uh, an agreement over the contract yet. But the Dallas Cowboys have essentially set the market for so many of their own players. I'm not sure if they're going to hold out or not pay Dak Prescott. I think it's probably just terms they're discussing. What I think it is, though, is that we've had one or two teams sort of demonstrate the importance of having a good backup. And I think in the middle of all this COVID stuff, um, Dalton is a family man and this means he gets to stay home make three million for a year and maybe he didn't feel there was an opportunity for him to get a starter's job so um he liked the look of what was shaping up in dallas and thought yeah that'll do me for a year given the situation and what's going on also i'd sit there for and, and train for three million dollars a year i don't know about you I oh i absolutely would <laughs> so what about cam newton uh, obviously he's uh he's he's been released where do you think he, he might end up well, that's a really tricky one, and I'm going to sort of try and temper what I say here now because I know we said that you know we're going to try and treat this as football and you know not dwell too much on the COVID thing, but it's kind of unavoidable, and I need to be careful how I phrase this because in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. People are dying. There's a real horror going on with COVID, but strictly in terms of the NFL and NFL free agents, I think possibly the biggest loser better term than victim the biggest loser in terms of free agency i think is cam newton because obviously it was a bit of a surprise for me but possibly not totally unexpected given the um salary hit and the fact that you've got a new coach coming in with a very long-term contract and you know there was a bit of a reset in in carolina that he was released or at least maybe not surprised not traded but because of the shoulder injury and everything nobody knows how fit he is in nobody can get him in to do a physical and sit down and and go for it. So you've got these two problems, I think, with him, which is you've got the physical side of it, and then the other side is that he is still very obviously and carries himself like a franchise quarterback. Now, you might be of the mind to say that, you know, you'd like him to take less risks physically. You might want to suggest that, you know, his obsession with having his own millinery's outfits is possibly detrimental, but that's really a style thing. And, you know, I do sometimes wonder how much of that is racially charged in the States just because you've got um, Cam Newton versus the buttoned up, um, you know, good, good old boy that a certain section of the American public would prefer. The thing for me about it is, though, that if you, it made sense, you know, and you'd be slightly surprised that he's not gone to save New England Patriots because you, you know, if Bill Belichick can handle Randy Moss, then he's going to have no problem with Cam Newton. And he, what his thing is, is making a putting the player in a position to do their best thing. Um, but in a situation like Chicago, where you've got Trubisky, who's maybe not had the most amazing start and certainly hasn't justified the move in his early draft draft pick, is that. If you stick Cam Newton into that locker room, you've almost instantly got a quarterback controversy as far as the press is concerned. But mm. it's, I think with a lot of situations, you put him in that locker room and you're creating an issue in your locker room because they look at him and they're going, yeah, he's a franchise quarterback. And you know, if he's going into New Orleans under a Drew Brees who's very established and he's there coming off an injury and maybe he's looking to rehab for a year, see what he can learn, learn the system and the Saints can look to see, well, maybe he's our successor. That makes some sense. But for a lot of teams who are quarterback needy, the combination of his presence in the locker room and that's got to be a face-to-face conversation and, and some understanding between between sort of the ownership coach and the player you can't negotiate that over zoom and you and you can't feel good about the medical until you've got it can actually you know get a doctor to examine him and go through things properly so i think that's why he's on the market and it is surprising um 
you know, I, I believe that you, um, you know, now need to figure out who the remaining quarterback on the list that I was surprised was off. But yeah, it, it is surprising <laughs> to me that he's not being picked up. Uh, I've just thought of it is actually. It's, I think it's it's Philip Rivers, isn't it, who uh, who moved to the Colts. Bingo, yes, and the Colts was another one who could have been like a reception point for Cam Newton, but also, and that's the interesting thing, is that with Cam Newton out there, the Saints went for James Winston. Now, actually, I've heard some people say, oh, not sure about that, he's like giving up his place as a starter, but I'm sitting there thinking, if you're coming off a season he's had where you've been with Bruce Arians, who, as you well know, I have a full-on man crush for, and is also known as quarterback whisperer. One of your many football man crushes. Well, I have several football man crushes, that's true, but <laughs> Arians is a large one, as you know. But, you know, the whole, you know, the king of the no-risk-it-no-biscuit um, wants his quarterback throwing throwing the ball downfield. If you are too wild for him to tame, then, you know, you're sitting there going, well, where is he going to go? And I heard somebody mention yeah. the Steelers to sit, maybe learn behind Big Ben, similar body type and possibly some similar issues. And But he signed for the Saints, and that felt to me like quite a good move because I think he's betting on a, a um, rehabilitation project like Teddy Bridgewater yeah. last year in the Saints who you know won all those games for the Saints and now gets a chance to be a starter and that was you know I was not expecting him to be like the marquee signing for I'm going to say the Panthers and I really hope I'm right about that so um, I, I'm, I should do some judicious googling but sort of we've had a lot of quarterbacks move and so it's interesting mm. that Cam is the one who's been sort of like left without a home yet but he's he's going to get picked up at some point I just think that um, it's going to be later in the season or there's going to be an injury at camp or early in the season. You, you know, this is an MVP caliber quarterback who's taken the team to the Super Bowl and yeah. he didn't have a great performance in, in, in the post-game press conference and that is part of being a quarterback. But he's an undeniable physical talent who um, has led teams to, you know, multiple playoff berths and they are not sort of like 32 better quarterbacks than him in the league. They just aren't. No. Well, moving on to the, uh, onto the draft that obviously happened a, uh, a few weeks ago, it's uh, it seems like a little while ago now, but it was it was also it was it was all done via Zoom as you as you mentioned earlier, and it was it was one of the I think it was the uh, the, the most watched draft ever. I think was the I think was the star. Clearly, everyone was so desperate for for a bit of uh, a bit of sport to watch that uh, they were they were all over it. Yeah, no, um, it's sort of. <laughs> one of those things where I had several commentators talking about I'm not sure we should be doing free agency I'm not sure we should be doing the draft is it awful that you know uh, the is it a bad look for the league there? We have this horrible situation where, you know, we're locked down, where people are dying in extraordinary numbers. And here we are handing out millions of dollars of contracts and carrying on as normal. And here's the draft. And I think the answer is yes, we did want it because they wanted the content, or at least, you know, it was a huge numbers in the States. And it gave somebody a distraction for people to, you know, feel a bit of normal. And it also sort of humanized some coaches. And there's some interesting stuff coming out of the league about, oh, you know, if this, it was better to be able to work remotely and see my family and it's kind of you know worrying and it's going back to my man crush and Bruce Arians one of the things that he is very hot on is work-life balance and you know basically tells all his coaches if you miss a dance recital if you miss something for your students this is not this game is not that hard it's not that important and you can do stuff at home I will fire you so I think yeah. there has been some some coaches having their eyes opened by this new process and it was a success in the fact that we didn't have any technical itches we had some interesting picks and we shall get to them in a bit I guess but yeah it um 
it, it, it was a success on its own terms, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, let's uh, let's get on to the, the, those those strange bits. I suppose the, the 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 main surprising one I think a lot of people were talking about coming out of the out, certainly the first day in the first round was uh, Green Bay, who who traded up uh, from the Dolphins at number twenty six, twenty four, something like that. They traded to uh, to to pick up Jordan Love at quarterback. Um, it's a bit of a strange one, given that they've got someone who is seen as one of the better, well, one of the best quarterbacks in the league uh, in in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it was pick 26. In terms of the decision, I think what they're trying to do is recreate the transition they had from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I don't think there's any way that you can have a first-round pick three seasons like Rodgers did. I certainly can't see that happening. The numbers makes it difficult for them to cut Rodgers, I think, for two or three years. So it's it's almost like, you know, okay, fine for you to have that in the back of your mind, but was this really the year? And moving up, okay, it was it, it was there was a certain level of value, but it's it's an interesting pick. That said, David Bakhtiari basically came out and said, you should see the fire that this will light under Aaron Rodgers. He's already come out and said that he's not going to... He was fairly famous that Brett Favre didn't treat him well, and I'm sure he's going to be more amenable to Jordan Love in the quarterback's room. But the other thing is worth saying is that you can never discount... Um, Aaron Rodgers is another one, uh, um, uh, sort of like you know the dragon who is master of the, of the Hail Mary and the, the last-minute comeback. So it's another player that you don't believe is beaten until you've seen him beaten. But he has been injured for the last few years, so it's not necessarily a bad idea to have a, have a quarterback yeah. in development. But it's that decision taken with the fact that they possibly didn't start attacking passing game skills players in the way in the draft, and they built on the defence and... It feels like the Packers could be a regression candidate because I never want to say a team didn't deserve the record. You get the record that you got. You know everybody's trying as hard as they can, but it possibly flattered a little bit if you look at sort of the underlying statistics versus what they did. But they did really well. But it, yeah, I don't know how repeatable it is in a very competitive division. And uh, your guys, the Bengals, obviously had had first pick. You end up with uh, with Joe Burrow, the uh, quarterback, who surprised absolutely nobody. As first picks generally don't. Uh, are you happy with uh, with how you guys did? Yeah, I mean, the guy sets a record for touchdowns thrown, wins the Heisman, wins the uh, um, college championship. Uh, it, it, he was sort of like one stellar season, but local Ohio boy. And yeah, it was the obvious. His choice not the first time we've had a um, the first round first pick quarterback Carson Palmer is the big yeah. one and unlike him he's not going to sit for a year there's already talk that the, the coaching staff have been talking before even the draft it sounds like possibly about what he liked about about his college offense that he can take to the pros and so yeah very happy with it seems to go good but the usual caveat about the draft which is we won't know for three or four years so um, no, you can it. do a certain amount of grading the process now that this whole thing about A grades B grades is nonsense but yeah Feeling feeling positive, but you know it's it shouldn't be hard to be better than last season, given the the, the wins total that was set. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm obviously as a dolphin, I was very very happy. We uh, we got our guy, we got Tua, who we'd been uh, well, the, 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 everyone was saying tank for Tua, weren't they last last year? We managed the, to win five games. Yeah, still for, for, for man, king of the tanking great. gifts, um, you know, more tanks yeah. than, I, than <laughs> I I was worried you would run out, but the internet, you know, is a big place. I mean, I am very happy to say on record, like officially recording as well as you know the chats we've been having in the off season I am really happy for you as a Dolphins fan who's been through you know yeah. a less than wonderful full few seasons shall we say that um, yeah, you, you, you set yourself up for the tank Brian Flores turned out to be too good of a coach 
coach for you to get the number one pick. You still got the quarterback you wanted. I'm hoping he learns to avoid contact because he's been injured a fair bit in college, but the talk is a lot of that is because he just wants to compete and he needs to be smarter than that because if he's got injured doing that in, in, in college, when you get the bigger, faster, tougher players at the pros that is going to be a problem he needs to learn from he, he needs to learn End from Andrew Luck syndrome yeah, yeah he wants to learn from <laughs> Russell Wilson and take a look I mean Kyler Murray in fairness did this last year as a smaller quarterback and he's not small small but you know I'm hoping he'll get healthy he'll be mentored by um, Fitzpatrick I don't think he's going to start but you know I think gone are the years where they also even when they say these days that the first round quarterback is, is going to sit for the year they never do he's going to play but it's going to be later right. in the year and yeah. it might might be that he plays 10 years rather than 15 because you know it looks like we've seen him and he looks relatively healthy and but you know it it feels like from some of the medical people talking that it's, it's when he gets some arthritis not if and you know there's a transition in playing but if you've get 10 years of a franchise quarterback you've knocked it out of the park and you didn't have to yeah. trade for him you you got to sit there at number five keep all that draft capital in fact gain some by trading with the packers and i i i feel it might not come this year, it might come next year, but I feel the Dolphins are as well set up now as they have been since we've been covering the um, um, wrong football. So, you know, I am happy for you. Um, I would like us not to lose to you because it seems we play you most years. Um, but, you know, I, I, long may you come second to the Bengals in the AFC, sir. Um, outside of the, the draft, um, just quickly before we uh, we wrap up the news, um, Tampa Bay, uh, there's been quite a bit of noise around Tampa Bay. Obviously, we mentioned earlier that uh, that... that uh, Tom Brady's gone to, to Tampa. Um, Rob Gronkowski's gone there as well. There's been people I've heard in the, this off season and, and people I've seen on Twitter going, "Oh well, that's it. This is going to be uh, this is the, the uh, Buccaneers are going to be the new Patriots." It's a bit far, isn't it? I can't I can't see it happening personally. See, the nice thing about us is that we can disagree politely, like gentlemen. And here's the thing: I'm not going to totally disagree with you here. I'm going to do that thing that I love about us as an independent media entity, which is a very posh way of saying two, three people doing a website and a podcast. But because we're not chasing clickbait and having to take hot takes, I can sit in the middle and take a nuanced view. And the Buccaneers had a very good defence last year and, and, you know, won a surprising amount of games with a quarterback who threw 30 interceptions. Tom Brady is not going to do that. He might be more of a league average quarterback than people are prepared to admit, but he's got a pair of excellent receivers. Um... He's got a good coach, and I feel like they might not make the, court, make the um, Super Bowl and be amazing this season, and it might be that this is the season that Tom Brady drops off, but I wouldn't put it past him to get this team to nine wins and, uh, and the playoff run. And, you know, for Tampa Bay, that has been success, and if he can keep that relationship with the Buccaneers and they can bring in new players and maybe even keep him into into ongoing this can be a building block for a franchise who has had moments and obviously won a quarterback won a quarterback won a Super Bowl but have never really had a franchise quarterback and who have an opportunity here to sort of build their franchise um, uh, on better footing what about the Patriots how do you think they're uh, they're going to the uh, wind up this year I will believe the Patriots are dead when I see it um, Bill Pelichek yeah. it feels like a reset rather than a rebuild he's signed players um, it looks like they're sticking with their quarterback it is a slight surprise that they didn't maybe go for a Cam Newton or um, I don't know whether Jameis was a, was a genuine one but you know Andy Dalton was the name that, that was tossed around but I, I just think I think the AFC East could be a bit of a battle. I think the the, the 
Dolphins are going to be scrappy. The Bills... I think it's opened, opened right up. You know, see. yeah, the Bills are there. The Jets, despite having a coach that, you know, neither of us are particularly impressed with, and, you know, let's face it, a quarterback who had mono last year, which for all the jokes kept him out for a month, you know, I think... I'm not. You can't just pencil the Patriots in for um, uh, ten wins and and the division title, but I would be amazed if they're not competitive. You just. I think he's too good of a coach, and I think this whole thing about, you know, is Tom Brady, you know, which is it more, Tom Brady, is it Bill Belichick? I think it's a gross oversimplification, but I think that you know the thing that is in Belichick's favour is that he can just keep going, and Belichick, you know, and Belichick can do that almost as long as he wants because he seems to have he does have interests outside of football but he seems to have an endless appetite for the game whereas Brady has the appetite that you know to be a quarterback you have to have physical skills and with all the all the modern science and improvement and pliability at, at some point he he's just not going to be able to do it physically yeah I mean the AFC East has, has definitely opened wide up I, you, you're absolutely right I think uh I mean, I mean, this year you you never know. The Jets might even get three wins, and it's it's. They were not very far away from five hundred last season. I know you have have Jets friends who that you have to have this animosity with. I understand that because you know we're not talking about Steelers the here, who is my, my 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 thing. But you know, they they won more games than that despite the the car crash that was last season. So you know, we shall see. <laughs> So uh, anyone who's been uh, reading the blog for the last few years will know there's, a, there's obviously a third member of the uh, the wrong football team, and that's uh, that's my dad. He's uh, he's known as Dan's Devious Dad, or 3D for short, uh, and he loves to set us trivia questions. Each each season we, we try and outwit him. Um, we are obviously off-season, so this week uh, won't count our season total, but uh, he has set us a just-for-fun question, G. Because he's a uh, sadist. And, uh, well, that, that and because I asked him. Um, it's, <laughs> OK, yeah. well, if you're going to be fair, fair enough. But, you know, he does delight. There, there is, a, Trust me, from reading the emails he sends, there is a very definite delight in torturing us. Oh, he enjoys it. He enjoys it, yeah. Well, the question he set this week is, uh, is uh, what was the first NFL franchise to use an artificial playing surface? And for a bonus point, what year was it first used? Do you have any ideas on this? I do. No, I, 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 I want. I mean, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know why, but in my head, yeah, I, I want to say Atlanta. Okay. But I again, I don't. I don't know what's what's driven me to 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 think that. We we have long learned that in matters of trivia and picking, if you're not sure, go with your first instinct. Yeah, exactly. So well, I'd go with Atlanta. Okay, I am going with the Minnesota Vikings for the obvious reason they play okay. in a dome, and it is freezing up there. And so I f- I'm going with that, and I'm going for like 1984 because I remember AstroTurf and turf being a thing from when I start first started interested yeah. in football. It would was- not surprise me if it's earlier in the 80s, but I'm guessing then. I was thinking early 80s. I was going to probably say about 82. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for Atlanta in '82. Don't know why. I like your guess. I like your reasoning behind it very much, and also the fact that he's a he's a Vikings fan. He always likes to slip a bit of that in, so that kind of makes sense. It is a bit of a pattern, though, for me. That my reasoning is generally sound, but my answers are not as often right as I would like. <laughs> I, I have well, a real yeah. record of near misses in trivia, where it's like, well, it's a good idea, but I'm afraid wrong. 
Yeah. Well, uh, well, I, I'll, I'll submit these uh, these these uh, guesses to uh, to my dad, and uh, yeah, let's put the uh, let's put the results on the on the uh, on the blog at the uh, thewrongfootball.com. Indeed, and we shall we shall see if anybody um, can get the right answer before we get it officially revealed to us. <laughs> Well, that's it for this first episode back. Just a uh, slightly shorter one this week as we're uh, just getting back into the swing of things before the real stuff starts kicking off in a few months' time. I uh, hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you have, please be sure to uh, leave us a, a rating or a review and, and subscribe to us through whatever uh, medium you procure your podcast as well so you don't miss anything. Uh, if you've uh, got something to say or want to get in touch, we're both on Twitter, as we've uh, just said. It's at TWFDan and at WrongFootball uh, for G. Uh, and we'll be back in a couple of months to uh, start previewing the season ahead. But uh, in the meantime, keep your eyes peeled on the wrongfootball.com for more from G and I. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye.